Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup, oh, blocked by James! Lillard, he got the shot off! Lillard, down! Down! And like that, you know, like NBA basketball. Oh, boy. Welcome to Coast to Coast, a basketball podcast. I'm Ian Fain, and I'm joined by my co-host, Noah Weber. So in today's episode, we'll be giving our top 10 centers from the shortened 2019 to 2020 season. This episode will follow the same format of our past four episodes in which we gave our top 10 point guards, shooting guards, small forwards, and power forwards. And just a side note, if you're waiting to hear a certain player this episode and you haven't heard them or heard their name, just check out our last four episodes and you'll probably find them there. We decided to use ESPN, so we had a universal pool of players that we're pulling from for each position. Also, we're not putting Carl Anthony Towns on this list because he missed more than 50% of his games. So on that note, I'm going to go into mine and say my number 10, and it's Jonas Valanciunas. So in his second season with the Grizzlies, you know, he shot the ball extremely well. Um, It's the most efficient he ever has shot in his career, shooting 58.6% from the field. And he also averaged 15 points per game, which is, Decent for Jonas. Um, he also had an improvement in his post game. He's hustling for more rebounds, even with he's getting up there in age. But with improvements in both his rebounds and his offensive play, he's still shown that he's a solid player in today's game. So at my number 10, I have Brooke Lopez, Splash Mountain. So Brooke Lopez averaged 11 points a game, five boards. assists, 0.7 steals, and then 2.4 blocks. He was shooting 43% from the field, 30% from three, and 81% from the free throw line. So obviously, Brooke Lopez, he's been good for a long time. He's been in the league for a while. And, I mean, he's he's still doing his thing. Obviously, the numbers are not where they used to be, but, I mean, he's playing with one of the most dominant players of all time. And, obviously, recently, last couple seasons, he's stretched his game behind the three-point line he's a consistent shooter and obviously he's a great along with Giannis for the Milwaukee defense and I think he'll be a big reason that they're going to go on a long run in the playoffs obviously they have Giannis but he's another piece that he really helped and he's valuable to that team and I mean he's super physical down low and I feel like he's still a top 10 center in the league as crazy as it sounds so that's why I have Brooke at 10. Yeah I totally agree but, you know, he didn't quite make my list. So my number nine is Miles Turner. You know, he's shown to be one of the most versatile players just on this list. And he's capable of doing anything on the floor. He can shoot the three consistently now. He can play with anyone in the post. And he's shown his youth with his outstanding athleticism, as we've seen on some of his posters this year. We also saw him hit a few clutch shots this season. And while being 6'11", 250, he's also shown just – He's just as explosive as anyone on the court. You know, he's only 24 years old and has a long career ahead of him, and I'm just excited to see how his career holds up. He's developed his game to fit the team's needs, and he also is modeling his games after the, you know, transition and exchanges in the league this year. So at number nine, I have Valanchunas. So he's putting up 15 a game and 11 boards, as you were saying. So, yeah, Valanchunas – that on this young Memphis team and it's it's obviously been working out and I mean he's he can score at all three levels he stretches his game behind the three-point line and I mean he's still a tenacious rebounder and obviously Memphis is going to be good here in a couple years they're they're still at that eight seed right now we'll see 
how that works out once the season returns. But who knows? Maybe maybe the Grizzlies will give the Lakers a run for their money in the first round, but we'll see. That's why I have Valanciunas at eight. You know, I agree. I agree. At nine, excuse me. Yeah. So, moving on to my number eight, I have Serge Ibaka. You know, in his fourth season with the reigning champs, um, he's definitely made improvement in almost every category. His three-point shooting has improved by 10% from last year, and he's also averaging a career high in points, as well as a career high in assists. You know, a solid year's performance for, I believe, to be an underrated player on an underrated team. You know, although Toronto is the two seed, I still think that they're doing greatness, but they're kind of moving in silence because there's no superstar on that team. I completely agree. So I have Ibaka at eight. Uh, obviously, he's not the same shot blocker he was with Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Obviously, his block numbers are down. He's averaging less than a block a game. But he's very valuable to that Toronto team. As That's the way that you describe that team. I mean, you couldn't have said any better. They are truly moving in silence. Like, every, no one was expecting them to do what they're doing this season. They went on that long win streak. And I feel like they're going to make a big playoff run. They have good role players. They obviously have Siakam. They still have Lowry. They still have that stacked team minus Kawhi. And I would not be surprised if we see them in the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, Ibaka shooting the three extremely well. I mean, he still has that sneaky balance. Like, you'll see some posters from Ibaka. And obviously, he's still somewhat of a strong defender, but not the same that he was in Oklahoma City. So, that's why I have Ibaka at eight. Yeah. So, talking about moving in silence, I have number seven, and it's – Vucevic you know he's one of those players that you kind of just forget about because he's on a team that's kind of you know overlooked but you know he's been a great stretch big for quite some time he's shooting the ball very efficiently like he always does and he also has improved in his playmaking every year for the past four years so his improvement overall with assists and just everything in his game even with this old age coming up for him But, you know, it's another solid and silent season for Vucevic. So my number seven, I have Steven Adams. So Steven Adams is putting up 10.9 points a game, 9.4 boards, 2.4 assists per game, a steal, a block, 59% from the field and 59% from the free throw line. So obviously a little bit of a lower post per game, but obviously you'll see Steven Adams, everything he does, like it's not coming up on the stat sheet. I mean, He's one of the best screen setters in the league. I mean, he's obviously one of the strongest players in the league. Like, you, you're not moving Steven Adams down low. I mean, although he's, he's only averaged one block a game, I mean, that one block is usually on a big play. He's super strong. And, I mean, he's a great teammate, and, like, you don't hear anything bad about him. I mean, he does his role, and he does it well, and that's why I have Steven Adams at seven. See, I have Steven Adams at six. You know, I think he's one of the most – underappreciated players in the NBA. He does a lot of the dirty work for the OKC team. And he, I think he's a great chemistry builder. Like you said, he's just a great player and a great person. I haven't heard anything bad about him. And even just off the court, you know, he's all about his loyalty. And, like, he always wants to do better for, you know, the community. But, you know, on the court, he doesn't score a lot of points and doesn't get a lot of assists. But, you know, he's there. He gets rebounds. And, you know, he just fills his role correctly. And he fits almost every team. And he's the type of player that every team wants and every team needs. But, you know, one of the – I think he's one of the best role players in the league for sure. 
because he plays that kind of Dennis Rodman style of play where he just does all the dirty work for everyone, even whenever he has other superstars on his team like Chris Paul or even a young one like Shea. I completely agree. You couldn't have said that any better. But at number six, I have Vucevic. So Vucevic is averaging 19.5 points a game, 11 boards, 3.7 assists, one steal, one block, shooting 47% from the field, as you already mentioned. Obviously very efficient, can score at all three levels. He's strong with his back to the basket. And obviously can be physical when he needs to. He obviously has de- his defense has never been 100% there. It's a little bit scrutinized for that. But Vucevic, obviously, he's been playing with Orlando for years. Ever since he left Philadelphia, I think in probably 2012, he's been with Orlando, and they obviously haven't been the best team since then. But, I mean, mm-hmm. I think his career points per game is 16 points a game. Like, that's not easy to do. And he's very good, and he's been very good for a long time. Although he didn't crack my top five, Vucevic is a player that deserves the respect that we're giving him here on this list. And I wish more people gave him this respect. Yeah. I mean, he was an all-star once upon a time, too. With that being said, that's going to take us to our first break. All right, coming out of the break, I'm going to start with my number five, and I have Hassan Whiteside. So he's averaging 16.3 points per game, and he's having a solid first year with the Trailblazers. You know, although he is that third option, he's still he's getting those rebounds. He's second in rebounds in the NBA, and he also is ninth in player efficiency rating for the whole NBA. So this Trailblazer team has been hit with the injury bug all season long and has been very underachieving, but their season still isn't over, and their playoff push has just began. So... I have high hopes for this Trailblazer team, especially with Hassan Whiteside, C.J. McCollum, and Damian Lillard. So other than all the struggles they've had for that Trailblazer team, Hassan Whiteside's personal success has been great this season. Definitely. So I also have Whiteside at five, um, averaging three blocks a game. I mean, that Trailblazers team, obviously, when they're playing their best, they're extremely hard to beat. I would love to see them sneak in as the eighth seed, and I feel like they'd give the Lakers at least six or seven games. I mean, they're solid. I mean, Damian Lillard in the playoffs is a different animal, but we're focused on Hassan Whiteside right now, obviously. He's still a strong finisher. He's having a big bounce back year. Obviously, he had a bit of down year his last year in Miami. But now here in Portland, I like his fit there. I mean, he's deadly in the pick and roll with Lillard. He's still that excellent rebounder. And I feel like he's improved effort a little bit too. Last season, he wasn't getting as many minutes. And people were saying, oh, he's not trying as much. But this year, I mean, he's going hard. He's difficult to move down low. And obviously, the lead leader and blocks per game. Obviously, it's going to be an all-time number for blocks per game. I think the all-time list, he'll be at around number four if he sticks with his 3.1 blocks a game. So, obviously, career year for Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, I think he has some of the proof for sure after all those, you know, people just talking bad about him in his last season with Miami. I think he wanted to come out and prove something this year, and he definitely has. So, moving on to number four, I have Andre Drummond. So he's the NBA's rebound champ so far, grabbing 15.2 boards per game. And he's also asserted himself as one of the best big men in basketball. He's averaging 17.7 points per game and shooting around 53.3% from the field. You know, he's having a solid all-around performance and was accountable for a 22.08 player efficiency rating, which is one of the highest in his career. After he was sent to Cleveland, 
from Detroit. I feel like he seemed pretty upset about it. And so next year, I honestly wouldn't be shocked if he hadn't, we got an all-star season out of Drummond. So at my number four, I have Rudy Gobert. So Gobert is averaging 15 a game, 14 boards, two assists, 0.8 steals, obviously still that two blocks, still that great defensive dig down low. He's shooting 70% from the field and 62% from the free throw line. So obviously Rudy Gobert, one of the best defensive bigs in the past decade. He, the, what he does for this Utah team down low is insane. The Stifle Tower, obviously he's so lengthy, and I feel like he's improved his offensive game a little bit too. Obviously you're not going to see him shaking anyone down low with his low post moves. I mean, he's great in the pick and roll. And if he catches it down low, I mean, he's probably going to go dunk it. It's hard to contest with him down low. And that's why I have Rudy Gobert number four. I was thinking about putting him in, in my top three, but someone beat him out. So I have him in my number three. He's Rudy Gobert. So, you know, he has been one of the best defenders we've seen in quite some time. And, you know, he's one of the elite rim protectors. And ha- but he has received a lot of hate just because of his recent actions off the floor. But – you know, his talent is something that we can't overlook. You know, he's averaging two blocks per game, and he's been locking down the best big men for the past three years. And he's another candidate for the defensive player of the year, and maybe he can do a three-peat for it. So hopefully they can get back on track and this Jazz team can put up a fight for a big championship run. So my number three, I have Andre Drummond. I've been high on Andre Drummond for a long time, and this year just solidified my thoughts on him. So 18 points a game, league leader in rebounds, 15 a game. No one's going to pull a rebound over him. Obviously, two steals and 1.6 blocks. Those are numbers that some people might not think of when they think of Andre Drummond. But forcing three and a half turnovers a game as a big, I mean, can't complain there. And I feel like he's improved a lot as his career's gone on, and he's turned into one of the best bigs in the league. He's a monster on the offensive glass, and kind of as I was talking about Serge Ibaka, like, I mean, he'll dunk over anyone. Andre Drummond's highlight reel, if you go watch it, it's not something that you see very much because, I mean, he played with Detroit and Cleveland. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he'll dunk on anyone, and he's improved down low in the post, and I'm really high on Andre Drummond, and I just hope he gets on a contender before his career is over because I'd like to see him play in the playoffs. I agree. So moving on to number two, it's kind of hard to have him here because he's one of my favorite players in the league, but I have Nikola Jokic. So he's the best playmaker on this list by far, and statistically this year has been just amazing. He's breaking down defenders left and right with his passing and his court vision, and he's averaging 20.2 points per game, which is the highest on this list, and he's also averaging 10 rebounds and 7 assists on 25.08 player efficiency rating, which is also the highest on the list. So overall stats for Jokic and team success has just been top tier for sure. And I could just tell that he's growing and evolving into one of the best players or just one of the great players in this league. So due to the fact that Embiid has only played 44 games, I had to put him at number two. Overall, I think that Embiid's the better overall player, but he couldn't. He he always seems to have an injury every single season, and that's why I had to put him at two. So Embiid's averaging 23 a game, 12 boards, three assists, a steal, a block, shooting 48% from the field, 35% from three, and 81% from the free throw line. So obviously, Joel Embiid, one of my favorite players in the league, 
he's one of the most dominant players that we've seen in a long time. So towards the middle of the season, he was getting scrutinized. People were saying he put on weight. He doesn't care. He doesn't try. But in my opinion, I mean, he's obviously still a top two center in the league, regardless of what people think about him. And even though people say he's a head case, I mean, he's playing in Philadelphia and he's turned into one of the best centers in the league, although he had that rough start to his career, his first two seasons with injuries. And I mean, he's proved all of his haters wrong. He's one of the best bigs in the league. He can score from anywhere offensively. Just on defense, he's physical. He'll talk smack. And I feel like he kind of fits that Philly, that Philly mold. And he's a great center. And I feel like he'll be with the 76ers for a long time. And maybe they'll go on a championship run, although they've underachieved a little bit. We'll see what goes on in the playoffs. So, you know, Joel Embiid is my number one. I just thought that he's he's too good to not have him my number one. You know, he's a threat from anywhere. He can score from anywhere, and he's transitioned his game super well. You know, he can shoot consistently now, and his free throw shooting and three-point shooter are at career highs. But, you know, like you said about, oh, he's gained weight and all that stuff, I just think it's kind of funny how the top two centers, in my opinion, both have gotten scrutinized for being overweight or anything like that but you know it doesn't matter if they're overweight if they're still going to be the top two at their position so him and Jokic have both just proved their haters wrong and just come out and just balled out for the past couple of seasons very true so at my number one I have Jokic and opposite of Joel Embiid if you've seen that picture of him recently he Mm -hmm. looks extremely slim yeah I don't know how that's gonna work out because I mean he's obviously using his body in the post for most of the game but yeah so Jokic's averaged 20 a game 10 boards seven assists one steal one block and shooting 53 percent from the field so Jokic is one of the best all-around players in the NBA one of the best passers at the big man position that I've seen in a long time He's extremely fun to watch. He's turned into one of the most dominant bigs in the league. Coming into the league, I wasn't sure how good he was going to be, but every year I've just seen him improve every single season. Mm-hmm. And he obviously has hit some huge shots for Denver. They're his, he is the go-to guy for that team, and he's still one of the best rebounders in the league. And I can't wait to see Jokic to continue to develop in that Den- stacked Denver team. I can't wait to see what they do. With that being said, this is going to wrap up our top 10 centers and our series of top 10 players at each position. We've had so much fun making these lists for you guys, and we hope to continue to do these lists for future seasons to come. And as always, if you have any questions that you would like answered on our next episode, make sure to let us know on Twitter at CTCU. Thank you guys for listening, and make sure to tune in on our next episode where we will be giving our predictions for the 2019-2020 NBA Awards. This has been Coast to Coast, a basketball podcast. Irving and Curry, one-on-one. Irving puts it up. It's good. Kyrie Irving from downtown. They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! James catches, puts up the three. 